This is an audio version of Quinton's Lineman Papers Roundup, Week 1, by Quinton Pope, posted on the 10th of September 2022. Cross-posted from the AI Alignment Forum, may contain more technical jargon than usual. Introduction I've decided to start a weekly roundup of papers that seem relevant to alignment, focusing on papers or approaches that might be new to safety researchers. Unlike the alignment newsletter, I'll be spending relatively little effort on summarising the papers. I'll just link them, copy their abstracts, and potentially describe some of my thoughts on how the paper relates to alignment. Hopefully this will let me keep to a weekly schedule. The purpose of this series isn't so much to share insights directly with the reader, but instead to make them aware of already existing research that may be relevant to the reader's own research. Papers. Here's the first paper. Locating and editing factual associations in GPT. Quote, We analyse the storage and recall of factual associations in autoregressive transformer language models, finding evidence that these associations correspond to localised, directly editable computations. We first develop a causal intervention for identifying neuron activations that are decisive in a model's factual predictions. This reveals a distinct set of steps in middle-layer feedforward modules that mediate factual predictions while processing subject tokens. To test our hypothesis that these computations correspond to factual association recall, we modify feedforward weights to update specific factual associations using rank 1 model editing, ROAM. We find that ROAM is effective on a standard zero-shot relation extraction, ZSRE, model editing task, comparable to existing methods. To perform a more sensitive evaluation, we also evaluate ROAM on a new dataset of counterfactual assertions, on which it simultaneously maintains both specificity and generalisation, whereas other methods sacrifice one or another. Our results confirm an important role for mid-layer feedforward modules in storing factual associations and suggest that direct manipulation of computational mechanisms may be a feasible approach for model editing. The code, dataset, visualisations, and an interactive demo notebook are available at this URL. That's a link. My opinion. Most people I talk to about this paper have heard of it previously, so it's hardly new in quotes. However, I think a lot of people underestimate how significant the paper is. The authors use a very cool interpretability method to show that the middle-stage MLP layers are acting as a key-value memory system. They then guess at the specific mathematical structure these MLP layers use to store information, derive a closed-form analytic solution to edit the model's knowledge stores, and use very thorough evaluations to show that their knowledge-editing method is effective and that the edits influence the model's outputs in many different contexts where the new knowledge is relevant. This paper is vastly beyond just poke random stuff and see that the output changes. Code can be found here, that's a link. Here's the next paper, Using Cognitive Psychology to Understand GPT-3. Quote, We study GPT-3, a recent large language model, using tools from cognitive psychology, 
More specifically, we assess GPT-3's decision-making, information search, deliberation, and causal reasoning abilities on a battery of canonical experiments from the literature. We find that much of GPT-3's behaviour is impressive. It solves vignette-based tasks similarly or better than human subjects, is able to make decent decisions from descriptions, outperforms humans in a multi-armed bandit task, and shows signatures of model-based reinforcement learning. Yet we also find that small perturbations to vignette-based tasks can lead GPT-3 vastly astray, that it shows no signatures of directed exploration, and that it fails miserably in a causal reasoning task. These results enrich our understanding of current large language models and pave the way for future investigations using tools from cognitive psychology to study increasingly capable and opaque artificial agents. End quote. My opinion. This paper performs a systematic analysis of GPT-3's capabilities through prompting and measures some alignment-relevant capabilities, such as understanding of causal interventions and active exploration to find useful knowledge. The authors make their code available here. That's a link. Next paper. Mapping language models to grounded conceptual spaces. Quote, A fundamental criticism of text-only language models, LMs, is their lack of grounding. That is, the ability to tie a word for which they have learned a representation to its actual use in the world. However, despite this limitation, large pre-trained LMs have been shown to have a remarkable grasp of the conceptual structure of language, as demonstrated by their ability to answer questions, generate fluent text, or make inferences about entities, objects, and properties that they have never physically observed. In this work, we investigate the extent to which the rich conceptual structure that LMs learn indeed reflects the conceptual structure of the non-linguistic world, which is something that LMs have never observed. We do this by testing whether the LMs can learn to map an entire conceptual domain, for example direction or colour, onto a grounded world representation, given only a small number of examples. For example, we show a model what the word left means using a textual depiction of a grid world, and assess how well it can generalise to related concepts, for example the word right in a similar grid world. We investigate a range of generative language models of varying sizes, including GPT-2 and GPT-3, and see that although the smaller models struggle to perform this mapping, the largest model can not only learn to ground the concepts that it is explicitly taught, but appears to generalise to several instances of unseen concepts as well. Our results suggest an alternative means of building grounded language models. Rather than learning grounded representations from scratch, in quotes, it is possible that large text-only models learn a sufficiently rich conceptual structure that could allow them to be grounded in a data-efficient way. End quote. My opinion. This paper investigates whether language models learn non-linguistic concepts that they can adapt in context to navigate worlds whose rules are described to them through text. It seems relevant for understanding the degree to which language models are able to do generalizable world modeling and to understand or influence non-linguistic domains with the text they generate. Next paper, Gradient Starvation, A Learning Proclivity in Neural Networks. Quote, 
We identify and formalize a fundamental gradient descent phenomenon, resulting in a learning proclivity in overparameterized neural networks. Gradient starvation arises when cross-entropy loss is minimized by capturing only a subset of features relevant for the task, despite the presence of other predictive features that fail to be discovered. This work provides a theoretical explanation for the emergence of such feature imbalance in neural networks. Using tools from dynamical systems theory, we identify simple properties of learning dynamics during gradient descent that lead to this imbalance, and prove that such a situation can be expected given certain statistical structure in training data. Based on our proposed formalism, we develop guarantees for a novel regularization method aimed at decoupling feature learning dynamics, improving accuracy and robustness in cases hindered by gradient starvation. We illustrate our findings with simple and real-world out-of-distribution generalization experiments. End quote. My opinion. We often wonder whether behaviors slash values slash alignment properties that we instill early in training, when models are weak enough to supervise, will persist later in training. I think gradient starvation could be an important part of that puzzle, since it provides a concrete mechanism for how features learned early in training could persist. It also suggests a fair degree of path dependence in SGD trajectories, and that guiding early training could have significant effects on the downstream models. Here's a link to the code. A related link, Path Dependence in ML Inductive Biases. Another less wrong article. Next paper. SGD on neural networks learns functions of increasing complexity. Quote. We perform an experimental study of the dynamics of stochastic gradient descent, SGD, in learning deep neural networks for several real and synthetic classification tasks. We show that in the initial epochs, Almost all of the performance improvement of the classifier obtained by SGD can be explained by a linear classifier. More generally, we give evidence for the hypothesis that, as iterations progress, SGD learns functions of increasing complexity. This hypothesis can be helpful in explaining why SGD-learned classifiers tend to generalize well, even in the over-parameterized regime. We also show that the linear classifier learned in the initial stages is retained, in quotes, throughout the execution, even if training is continued to the point of zero training error, and complement this with a theoretical result in a simplified model. Key to our work is a new measure of how well one classifier explains the performance of another, based on conditional mutual information. End quote. My opinion Given the high path-dependence world I think we live in, it becomes quite important to understand the order in which neural nets learn features slash behaviours. This paper investigates that question for image models. Here's a link to the code. Next paper. Let's agree to agree. Neural networks share classification order on real datasets. Quote. We report a series of robust empirical observations demonstrating that deep neural networks learn the examples in both the training and test sets in a similar order. This phenomenon is observed in all the commonly used benchmarks we evaluated, including many image classification benchmarks and one text classification benchmark. While this phenomenon is strongest for models of the same architecture, it also crosses architectural boundaries. 
Models of different architectures start by learning the same examples, after which the more powerful model may continue to learn additional examples. We further show that this pattern of results reflects the interplay between the way neural networks learn benchmark datasets. Thus, when fixing the architecture, we show synthetic datasets where this pattern ceases to exist. When fixing the dataset, we show that other learning paradigms may learn the data in a different order. We hypothesize that our results reflect how neural networks discover structure in natural datasets. End quote. My opinion. Another investigation into the order of feature learning, this time systematically comparing across models and architectures. We may be able to get a better handle on NN inductive biases by investigating the orders in which different architectures learn different types of data. Next paper, the grammar learning trajectories of neural language models. Quote, The learning trajectories of linguistic phenomena in humans provide insight into linguistic representation, beyond what can be gleaned from inspecting the behaviour of an adult speaker. To apply a similar approach to analyse neural language models, NLM, it is first necessary to establish that different models are similar enough in the generalizations they make. In this paper, we show that NLMs with different initialization, architecture, and training data acquire linguistic phenomena in a similar order, despite their different end performance. These findings suggest that there is some mutual inductive bias that underlies these models' learning of linguistic phenomena. Taking inspiration from psycholinguistics, we argue that studying this inductive bias is an opportunity to study the linguistic representation implicit in NLMs. Leveraging these findings, we compare the relative performance on different phenomena at varying learning stages with simpler reference models. Results suggest that NLMs exhibit consistent, developmental, in quotes, stages. Moreover, we find the learning trajectory to be approximately one-dimensional. Given an NLM with a certain overall performance, it is possible to predict what linguistic generalizations it has already acquired. Initial analysis of these stages presents phenomena clusters, notably morphological ones, whose performance progresses in unison, suggesting a potential link between the generalizations behind them. End quote. My opinion. I thought I should probably include a paper on feature learning order in language models to balance out the previous three papers' focus on images. Here's a link to the code. Next paper. Learning through atypical phase transitions, in quotes, in over-parameterized neural networks. Quote. Current deep neural networks are highly over-parameterized, up to billions of connection weights, and non-linear. Yet, they can fit data almost perfectly through variants of gradient descent algorithms and achieve unexpected levels of prediction accuracy without overfitting. These are formidable results that defy predictions of statistical learning and pose conceptual challenges for non-convex optimization. In this paper, we use methods from statistical physics of disordered systems to analytically study the computational fallout of over-parameterization in non-convex binary neural network models, trained on data generated from a structurally simpler but, quote, 
hidden network. As the number of connection weights increases, we follow the changes of the geometrical structure of different minima of the error loss function and relate them to learning and generalization performance. A first transition happens at the so-called interpolation point, when solutions begin to exist. Perfect fitting becomes possible. This transition reflects the properties of typical solutions, which, however, are in sharp minima and hard to sample. After a gap, a second transition occurs, with the discontinuous appearance of a different kind of atypical, in quotes, structures. Wide regions of the weight space that are particularly solution-dense and have good generalization properties. The two kinds of solutions coexist, with the typical ones being exponentially more numerous. But empirically, we find that efficient algorithms sample the atypical rare ones. This suggests that the atypical phase transition is the relevant one for learning. The results of numerical tests with realistic networks on observables suggested by the theory are consistent with this scenario. End quote. My opinion. I see this paper as contradicting Mingard et al.'s Is SGD a Bayesian Sampler? Well, almost. That's a link. Mingard argued that SGD has little inductive bias, meaning that training on a dataset with SGD would give you a solution very similar to just sampling random networks until you found one that solved the dataset. This paper instead argues that SGD has extremely high inductive bias and that SGD finds very atypical, in quotes, solutions that generalise much better than those that random sampling would find. Next paper, Exploring the Geometry and Topology of Neural Network Loss Landscapes. Quote, Recent work has established clear links between the generalization performance of trained neural networks and the geometry of their loss landscape near the local minima to which they converge. This suggests that qualitative and quantitative examination of the loss landscape geometry could yield insights about neural network generalization performance during training. To this end, researchers have proposed visualizing the loss landscape through the use of simple dimensionality reduction techniques. However, Such visualization methods have been limited by their linear nature and only capture features in one or two dimensions, thus restricting sampling of the loss landscape to lines or planes. Here, we expand and approve upon these in three ways. First, we present a novel jump-and-retrain procedure for sampling relevant portions of the loss landscape. We show that the resulting sample data holds more meaningful information about the network's ability to generalize. Next, we show that nonlinear dimensionality reduction of the jump and retrain trajectories via FATE, P-H-A-T-E, a trajectory and manifold-preserving method, allows us to visualize differences between networks that are generalizing well versus poorly. Finally, we combine FATE trajectories with a computational homology characterization to quantify trajectory differences. End quote. My opinion. I include this paper because it provides tools to better visualize neural network training trajectories and loss landscapes. They also made their code public at this repository. That's a link. It seems like a useful thing to check out if you're investigating NN training processes. Here's the last paper. Adversarial perturbations are not so weird. Entanglement of robust and non-robust features in neural network classifiers. Quote, 
Neural networks trained on visual data are well known to be vulnerable to often imperceptible adversarial perturbations. The reasons for this vulnerability are still being debated in the literature. Recently, Ilias et al. 2019 showed that this vulnerability arises in part because neural network classifiers rely on highly predictive, but brittle, non-robust, in quotes, features. In this paper, we extend the work of Ilias et al. by investigating the nature of the input patterns that give rise to these features. In particular, we hypothesize that in a neural network trained in a standard way, non-robust features respond to small, non-semantic, in quotes, patterns that are typically entangled with larger, robust patterns known to be more human interpretable, as opposed to solely responding to statistical artefacts in a dataset. Thus, adversarial examples can be formed via minimal perturbations to these small, entangled patterns. In addition, we demonstrate a corollary of our hypothesis. Robust classifiers are more effective than standard, non-robust ones, as a source for generating transferable adversarial examples, in both the untargeted and targeted settings. The results we present in this paper provide new insight into the nature of the non-robust features responsible for adversarial vulnerability of neural network classifiers. End quote. My opinion. Seems like an even stronger version of adversarial examples are not bugs, they are features. That's a link. Not only are some adversarial examples exploiting genuinely useful classification features, the exploited features are often correlates of the true, in quotes, features we humans use to classify images. Heading. Going forward. I hope that list was helpful for some people. If you have a paper that seems alignment relevant, especially a paper that's not well known in alignment circles, please feel free to link it in the comments. Also feel free to share any other feedback or comments you have on the papers I did link. I hope to produce one of these lists every week or so. I doubt I'll be able to do 10 papers a week, however. We'll see how it goes, I guess. Audio note, that was the first of the currently four at the time of recording Roundup articles by Quinton Pope. You can access all of these at the top of the Less Wrong page for this article. This was an audio version of Quinton's Alignment Papers Roundup Week 1, published on Less Wrong on the 10th of September 2022. This narration was by Perrin Walker. <laughs>